Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this helpful discussion, I am thankful to be joined today by Sean McCreary, Wealth Investment Officer at First United's Wealth Management Department. Good morning, Sean. How's it going? Good, Eric. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, yeah. appreciate you coming back and giving us our monthly update. So um, it's another month, another, uh, you know, uh, series of of events in this country that have everybody kind of... uh, shaking their heads and still staying indoors where uh, I think when we first started this podcast, I think you were probably one of the first ones I spoke with and uh, we were just getting into the thick of things with coronavirus. And now we're uh, several months in and uh, not a, not a whole lot there has changed, but things are starting to open up. Uh, the country's starting to open back up. Um, and, but then we're also seeing kind of a, an increase in, um, in new cases and, um, and, and lots of other events uh, are happening in this country. So I guess the question for you is, um, what are you seeing in terms of how the market is reacting to everything that's been going on and, and what's what's been happening over the last couple of months? Yeah, Eric, it's, I mean, it's definitely been a whirlwind. It's, it's definitely uh, hard to believe that we're uh, nearly halfway through uh through 2020 uh, already, um, but yeah, we—I mean, overall in the economy, we we continue to see and see and think the uh, the negatives definitely outweigh the positives. The markets, though, have have kind of recovered, and we'll talk about that a, a little bit and, and and talk about why and, and what they're seeing, what they're what they're uh, kind of trying to base their valuations on. So, but overall, I mean. Like I said, economically, uh, the negatives truly outweigh the positives, and and like uh, we've been saying, the coronavirus, COVID nineteen, pandemic, uh, really continues to to ravage the majority of of the populated world. Um, there were more than two point seven five million new confirmed cases of COVID nineteen in May. Uh, the U.S. surpassed a hundred thousand coronavirus deaths as, as states. Be- have begun to relax lockdown measures. Um, um, the concern is, and we're, we're seeing some hot spots, and that's kind of what, what health uh, officials have, have talked about is, um, I don't know if you, and I think some of them have, have talked about this. I don't know if this can really be called a second wave of the virus even yet. Um, this is this is more possibly a kind of the first wave, wave of the virus just yeah. continuing uh, through throughout the country. So uh, it seems like the the coastal regions have have gotten through the first wave. Now um, the inner regions, whether whether you want to call it the the first wave or the second wave, they're starting to see an uptick as as uh, lockdown measures are are definitely relaxed. So um, it, it, I, we we expect it to 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 stay with us for some time um, and 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 possibly even heighten again there in the fall, uh, similar to to other viruses. Um, <clears throat> The, the things we look at, I mean, the, the employment reports uh, continue to be a, a main focus of ours. Um, 1.8 million Americans applied for traditional jobless benefits at the end of May. Um, unemployment rate 
uh, actually fell uh, from a, a high of 14.5 thus far uh, in April to, to 13.3 uh, here in May. Um, notably, jo- continuing jobless claims continue to really stabilize after a historic surge. Uh, they rose by 437,000 uh, to, to 19.3 million in the weekend at May 23rd, uh, down from a tent pandemic peak of nearly 23 million. Um, so there, there are some positives in this, like, like I mentioned, the unemployment rate did fall, but we'll talk about some of the more, more of the positives in a second, but still continue to see, uh, uh high levels of unemployment and think that will, continue for for some time uh, the next thing we look at and we've talked about this uh, in past podcasts the institute of first supply managements uh, their manufacturing and non-manufacturing index both remain in contraction territory um, but we are starting to show some some signs of revival um, manu- the manufacturing index rose to 43.1 percent from 41.5 percent last month now again this is what we call it a fusion index so if it's above 50 that means the 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 uh, areas in expansion. If if it's in below fifty, that means it's in contraction. So these remain in contraction. Um, the, the, there's a lot of reports in in that make up that index, like new orders, production, employment, backlog of orders, new export orders. They all climbed, but but still remain in, in pretty severe contraction tor- territory. Um, the few industries that are expanding make groceries, paper products, such as toilet paper uh, and minerals used in healthcare goods, obviously the, the things that people at least re- initially were stocking up on. Um, but we've, we've seen some expansion of, of, of retail sales. And we'll talk about that here in a second on the, on the positive side uh, that we should, as, as things definitely, uh, we, we relax these lockdown measures. We should, should see some better uh, sales numbers coming out, even the, even even with the higher unemployment. The other thing is the non-manufacturing index uh, that is involved in the um, Institute Supply Management indices uh, that climbed to forty five point four. So this is the service service side that climbed to forty five point four from forty one point eight in April. Again, the those all those those other sub indexes production new orders employment backlog uh, new export orders um, all, all rows actually backlog orders new export orders actually dipped a little bit um, <clears throat> but respondents did note that business is picking up somewhat uh, obviously still down from from the pre covid uh, era but um, but starting to pick up from from the bottom so that's that's uh, some of the some positive and, and a fairly negative report mm-hmm. um, and the other the other thing that we're kind of keeping track of is us china uh, trade tensions uh, have have recently flared up um, some of this has to do with how China uh, in, in, in Beijing is, is dealing with Hong Kong um, and, and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo did declare Hong Kong to be no longer autonomous from China. And that's in the past that has, has been able to uh, help Hong Kong and, and kind of 
give it a, what it, what was kind of the the business capital of the east um it's it's and why people kind of went there because they had fairly close access to china and all southeast asia uh and in asia in general um and it was autonomous of of china's rule but uh it, it does look like they're uh starting to to take over there and uh, the the one thing um that we will say is so far the 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 trade uh, uh phase one trade deal is still intact and that's that's kind of why markets have somewhat brushed off some of these these increased tensions um is that we we haven't seen any word of of uh, that that phase one of the trade deal being uh, uh, in in impossible uh, in, in any type of risk thus far, um, but we'll we'll see how things move, especially as we get closer to uh, the the November elections. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit those November elections a little bit more next month, um, <clears throat> but but um, but this these U.S. China trade tensions um can definitely be a risk going forward uh throughout through the year sure so so um let's talk a little bit about the the positives that you're seeing in the market what 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 good are we uh seeing that we can we can kind of latch on to yeah i mean like like you mentioned earlier i mean the markets are i mean basically close to to flat for the year so i mean obviously there's there's some positives that we're seeing um of course the the uh, the Fed, or or ter- referred to as the Fed, the Federal Open Market Committee, um, they maintain their federal funds target rate uh, basically at a range of zero percent to zero point two five percent. They basically at their what they consider their uh, their low level. Um, the committee said it, it really expects to remain maintain this target until it is confident that the economy has weathered recent events and is on track to achieve their kind of dual mandate of maximum employment and price stability goals. Um, <clears throat> they they have had their policies thus far really have seemed to restore market functionality and, and uh, make sure there is high levels of liquidity in the market. They also use financial conditions in the broad economy and support the, just really the flow of credit, the ability to uh, companies and in in, uh, <clears throat> in in general people to access uh, credit at, at at low rates or or sometimes as we've seen some of the PPP loans if if they meet certain standards, uh, not having to pay 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 back these assets. So. Um, so far, their their policies have been working, um, and and have been able to support the economy and make sure there's high levels of liquidity uh, that that support the markets. Um, the other other thing that uh, the labor market, like we talked about, um, is is starting to show some signs of healing. They actually, the most recent non-farm payrolls report, the U.S. regained uh, two and a half million jobs in May, more than double the previous high of 1.1 million jobs added in September of 1983. Um, of course, every every state, all 50 states, have begun to reopen their economies to some degree in May. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and said in Bureau of Labor Statistics that 2.7 million people who have temporarily lost jobs in the pandemic have have returned to work. So, do they, do they have any sense of um, how many of those jobs were directly uh, the impact of the PPP pr- program? <clears throat> they, at least in the numbers that I've seen, they haven't uh, haven't 
mentioned how how much those were directly affected by it. Uh, I'm sure there were a high percentage that 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 were to, to some degree were, um, but none of that that data has yet been released. And I sure. I think and it, and really overall with with a lot of this data, I think a lot of this data need to stay pretty volatile um, just because of the um, the, the high levels that that a lot of these uh, these people in areas aren't aren't used to uh, being able to see and a lot of this this stuff is is still just is estimates um, obviously obviously uh, and the store processes that have have been taking place for a long long time but still this uh, like they said the the uh, 2.5 million jobs doubled the previous high added in September 1983. Well, that that's uh, a lot of data and a lot of statistics to look at, um, and, uh, and there's obviously chances for error. But but again, I think just the general direction um, is the the uh, the positivity that that we're seeing. Sure. Like and and like like I said, I mean. Um, businesses um, are almost universally reopening. Uh, under restrictions, such allowing fewer customers, requiring workers and customers to wear masks, and forcing social distancing measures for as as states reopen. So this will put probably limit the amount of uh, the how how we're able to get back to to pre uh, COVID levels. Um, but the I think the big thing and with what the market's looking at and what it how it's been able to uh, be as positive as it has and I, and some some parts of the markets are are still down a good bit but some parts are actually positive for the year some part and the majority of markets are are, are at least close to uh, uh, basically flat for the year um, and, and basically what it's looking at is we're past uh, what it perceives to be um, and there's always risk to this but we're past the worst of, uh, of of the lockdown phase our our expectation and what our research partners uh, are expecting is is that it would nearly impossible to go into a full country lockdown uh, as after we've started to, to reopen right. um, so the expectation is we've been past that worst if you were to chart everything and on a similar chart it would be uh everything is is though it's still negative and below where we were prior it's all still going up and to the right um and that's and, and in a sense that's what markets are doing they're going up and to the right now i think overall and what what our expectations are is possibly that it's 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 overdone um that markets have moved to too high too quickly and, and that the risk is that that uh, if there's these hot spots um be, be, become cause for greater areas to have to close down again or at least to bring in harsher restrictions to people movement and and how people are able to get out and about right is is the yeah, is that there? There could definitely be a correction. Um, so that's 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 things that we're we're looking at. I mean, and again, overall, um, these we we are starting to to reopen. Um, that with Memorial past Memorial Day start to kind of really kick off this summer, trying to return to what will definitely be a, a new normal. Um, we anticipate. Uh, the anticipated opening and 50, 50 states really being open, um, the, the S&P 500 definitely 
kept kept climbing um is we really navigate through this reopening as we've seen these hotspots kind of pop up um the consumer really starts to question because it's not i mean really the governments and, and states could say hey we're we're open we're completely open everyone can you do it at your own risk well the risk is is that consumers are still uh, uncertain are they willing to go out and spend if there's still that risk of the virus and uh, that has has harsh harsh side effects um, and, and one of those possibly being death is is are they willing to go out and spend are they willing to uh, do the things they 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 did before uh, these these lockdowns um, so that's that's where the uncertainties come in um, and and obviously this this halt, the halt original halt in economic activity these original lockdowns in March um, are going to cause earnings to be, be be severely negative in the second quarter and we expect the the worst GDP print to be here in Q2 um, but we we think earnings will recover from that uh, we think gdp will recover from that and, and i don't know if we'll we'll get to completely positive um by the end of this year i think i would think the whole, the entirety of 2020 will have a negative gdp print um but we could see a slightly basically near zero or po- slightly positive uh print in gdp in the in the second half of the of 2020 um the whole average of the year will be negative um but we, we definitely remain mindful of uncertainty and risk of these what these second waves could possibly cause, um, and we continue to be uh, somewhat risk off and risk averse in our portfolios. Um, we, we definitely underweight uh, equity and, and high yield credit, the more riskier of assets, um, and we prefer prefer um, if if once we do see a second pullback, which we are kind of somewhat expecting just because we have, we do think markets have gone uh, too high too quickly. Um, we, we do prefer when we will put more risk back into the equity market as opposed to uh, what we call high yield credit and the fixed income side of things. So um, as we, we kind of think that that high yield credit is, is the more risk, riskier area that could, could possibly have a little more prolonged downgrade and default cycle than the, the large cap equities that that we typically are investing in on the, the equity side of things. Gotcha. Great. All right. Well, that was a, a very thorough covering of things. So, Sean, I've got a listener question for you, if you don't mind. Um, yep. So uh, so one of the uh, one of the questions that came in is about or regarding all of the economic relief um, that has been put into the market um, from the government. So, you know, $3 trillion in stimulus um, uh, kind of just added to the debt in the country, I guess. And um, and their, their basic question around that is, what are the ramifications of that? And, you know, is that something that we should be worried about um, as, as the debt just continues to balloon higher and higher? Yeah, I mean, that's a question we, we, we get as well. Um, and some that we there's been multiple opinions on that we've seen, um, and in our research sources have, have talked about it at length. Uh, there's a couple couple areas that I kind of think about when I'm when I'm thinking about this this level of debt. The first first one is with the Fed and or FOMC moving their rate to their what they call their lower bound that zero percent uh, to to zero point two five percent range. That also 
Um, and in effect, they, all the other liquidity measures that the, the Fed put into the markets brought the rest of the yield curve, uh, the Treasury market yield curve, down to very, very low rates. Um, so even the, I think the real costs um, compared to, say, a year ago or two years ago when we were, were had the Fed was in a uh, rating rates uh, from that lower bound and, and their short term rates were up above 2%. Um, in a sense, though, even though we're, we're putting a lot more debt into place, it is at much lower interest rate costs and that's the real real cost of the debt so um even even though the 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 debt is at much higher levels that that interest rate cost is is similar to what we were even seeing uh just a couple years ago so that's that's one one thing we think about uh with it obviously the one of the big concerns there is is that the concern is that there will be rampant inflation um, from from all of this debt that's being put into place, uh, this government debt, um, and and though that that is a very very high possibility, um, if we look back and just historically um, from what we did in oh nine, uh, but also what what we're dealing with at least demographically with the retiring baby boomers, with the the amount of technology that that has really. Uh, we've seen through this crisis uh, even been even more important uh, for con- consumers and, and, and citizens around the world. Really, um, there's a lot of that type of stuff is actually fairly deflationary. Flare and in the in the short term, we our expectation is that um, of course the the lack of demand be, because of these uh, lockdown measures and, and the the unwillingness to spend, I think will be deflationary in the short term. Now in the, the medium term, a couple years out, we could see some higher levels of inflation, but we don't think it'll be uh, runaway inflation that we saw in, in, in the 70s and um, 80s. It, it, our expectation is, is, is that it'll still remain at, at these lower levels and these demographic changes of of aging work aging workforces aging populations as well as technological advances will, will, uh, that are fairly deflationary uh, will keep a keep a lid on on inflation overall um, so those are the kind of the things that we we think about uh, with this this high level of debt now of course I think it will have an effect on just the future growth of the United States I think these uh, if, if rates do start to rise and you know, we were to start to see inflation, uh, there could definitely be higher debt costs in the future. Now, what our expectation is, is that just overall, the economic growth uh, will be lower because the government will have to spend on those, those interest costs going forward. So, so our expectation will be harder to get to that uh, the 3 or 4% level might be nearly impossible to get percent. Uh, get to for a for a level of GDP growth, we might be stuck. Really, like we were coming out of the 0809 recession at, at two to one to two percent growth of GDP uh, going forward for some time. That's that's I think that's the thing that that will be the greatest uh, impact by by this high level of debt here in the United States. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that answer, and uh, and Sean, I want to. Sincerely, thank you for joining me today and providing such helpful insights. If um, if any of our listeners have a question or want to learn more, what's the best way they can reach out and get the support they need? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is is just go to our website, mybank.com, my, my um, and, and click on the wealth wealth page. And if you want to talk to anyone, there's there's multiple ways of reaching out to us there. Obviously, our, our branches currently are, are closed. Obviously, our drive-ups are open. So if, if you really have a question and, and can't for some reason get to that website, obviously just get going to one of our drive-throughs, our, our, our tele one of our tellers or uh, relationship advisors to um, to give you some some contact information um, would be would be the, the the best way to go to to speak to your local wealth advisor. Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com/podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also always leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.